Hey, welcome to another episode of Comics Off Mic. I'm your host, Alfred Pagano, and this week I sat down with comedian and, wait for it, professional wrestler Dan Barry, who wrestles under the name Dan Barry. We talk about his wrestling, his comedy, and a time he lived in Kentucky, and vaporized moonshine. Fun for the whole family. So sit back, relax, close your eyes, unless you're driving, and enjoy another episode of Comics Off Mic. Hey, Dan Barry, thanks for being on Comics Off Mike. Hey, no problem. How's it going? It's going really good for me. Um, you know, I you want to really know how it's going? No, because everyone puts on a face and just wear the face. Exactly. I, I need to know. It's you, fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm Irish, so it's, how's everything? Good? Good? It's good. Yeah. yeah. Your house is on fire, though. Yeah, that's in, you know, it's uh, it's made of wood. Oh. And you just, you just okay. you know, that's why it's like... Uh, You're homeless. It's good. That's okay. My biggest crippling fear is always somebody going like, you know, I go, hey, how's it going? They go, oh, and they just start talking. And you're like, oh, geez. Oh, I really didn't care. Everyone had that friend in college and you'd, how are things? And the face would go down and you just knew you were there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm in this and I, my thing is I'm very blunt. So like, oh no, no, I didn't actually want to know. I just... You're, you're in front of me and I'm saying this to you. you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like you just, I, I don't know, like my ability to have small talk is so uh, uh, Constricted. destroyed and dilapidated <laughs> at this point. Um, where I can't even really like, you know, anything, you know, anytime where you're having a simple conversation, mm-hmm. even like my family, like they'll be like, oh, how are things going? And I'm like, good. And then I don't ask a repeat question because I actually don't want to know. I you don't, don't want to know how. You know I mean, doing. like I have Facebook. I'm well aware of how you're doing. You write about it daily. Like it's not. It's fine. Like I don't need to actually ask you. And you're my family, so honestly, <laughs> yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to know because you know you're related to me. So if something's going bad, it's going to affect me. Yeah, or at some point I have to listen. To, like if you are doing bad, like like the only reason I'm speaking to you is because we're related. I actually like as a person, I don't necessarily like you. Like, you know. <laughs> if we were related. We wouldn't even know each other. Yeah, yeah. If, I, yeah. if we were related, really Russell Stewart, I would look at you and tell you to please yeah. stop talking to me. <laughs> like well, let me, let me ask you. While we're on families, I mean, um, how's your relationship? Because you, your act, you don't talk about your family in your act. I do a little you bit. You do a little I bit do now because my. Okay. Like, I talk about um, like my my dad leaving and like things like that. Oh, that's right. You talk about the, <laughs> that's yeah, right. It's yeah, a real, you talk about it's your a dark dad joke. leaving for a, for for milk. Yeah, and, and then he comes back. Though. Yeah, and it's a callback to it. Yeah, and the the. the the real reason I did that joke is because it was just one of those things where it's like, especially as like a comic, like you kind of have to like, at some point you have to stop telling jokes that like you think other people are going to like and you start telling jokes that you like, right? Like you have to start talking about things that you want. That to that, that gets into it right there. Yeah. I mean, you get into it quick. I mean, you know, we're only two minutes and 27 seconds. Right. Well, the, yeah, right so, but it. when we talk about my dad, so like my, my big family, like I always had this put on, like my closer used to be. Um, I'm not my mom's favorite son, and I would like go into like a bit about it. Mm-hmm. But like, so much has changed in that. Like, so like, I talk about my, my oldest brother's a secretary. Like, he's not, he's a priest now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, if I bring up that he's a priest, it's like even harder to like. It like, changes wait. the whole yeah, dynamic. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. So now it's like, you start digging in, and then, um, you know, I, th- I talk about other things because I don't want to talk, I don't want to be too honest, right? Like, I remember, it, what's his name? Uh, Hannibal. Um, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. Had started off a joke with my 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 niece and nephew. Uh, they're around seven and eight years old, or at least they were when I wrote this joke. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and you know, it's like the joke was written and it's funny, and there's no need to really advance. It. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the thing though. Is it's like I've heard it too, where it's like for this joke, I have a girlfriend, and then they just start telling the joke, and it's like very funny. You're like, uh, hey guys, pretend it's Christmas. So I don't like Christmas, and like sometimes it can be hacky, but then sometimes I think right. when it's done properly, it's it's pretty funny like right. it's executed properly yeah it depends go. on who's it depends on who's saying it yeah, yeah. How saying absolutely it. Hannibal's one of the better the better ones though who can kind of like get away with it and it's because of his tone and his delivery where it's yeah. like his whole thing is he's almost like a comedian who doesn't care about comedy and so he'll just start talking and you're mm-hmm. like Oh, all right. Like, I guess yeah. we're going here now. He'll, right? he, he'll tell a story that you think is not necessarily like, oh, do you really want to tell us this right now in this yeah. setting? I mean, <laughs> this is kind of like not something you want people to know. He did that bit about his, yeah. his, his uh, little cousin masturbating or whatever. He's like, oh what, you gosh. masturbating? I ain't masturbating. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I did it earlier this morning. It was the best thing ever. I did it twice. It's like, shit. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> so you, you were raised by your mom, mm-hmm. um, single mom. Uh, how many brothers? Do I have, you have? Uh, three brothers, one sister. My one sister, sister was my dad. Oh yeah. wow! So there were five of you. Yeah, there were five. 
five of you, and she was like, "Well, it's four of us." So, so it. Sorry. So she raised four of us. Mm-hmm. My dad raised the sister, right? Okay. But my cousin, who is a year, like maybe like um, five months older than me, he uh, he was over every single day. So we okay. all. So she theoretically did actually help raise raise five, five, five boys. children. Um, and Man. she's a single mom, and at one point she was. She worked at Enemans, and she was all she was Twinkie the kid. She went like the cowboy. No, that's her whole thing. And so she did that Good for her. Yeah, she, Man, that's she had some, three jobs. That's so a she, memory. She is. Uh, she had three jobs. One three, of them was Twinkie the kid. One of them was Twinkie the kid. That was the high. That was the the high. That was the money job. one. That yeah. was the one that got us. Like that put me through. That bought the house I live in now. Which <laughs> is Twinkie the kid now. Um, but that's the Twinkie. residuals from being Twinkie the kid for Entenmann. So every year we get her like a bobblehead of like the Twinkie the kid because I think it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, which is very hard to come by for the record. It's not a. <laughs> it's it it cost it, you all had to chip in for it. Last yeah, year. that was her only gift. Yeah, it was like it was. Like we do a collector, and it's like some guy who's like a warehouse full of just four thousand five hundred on eBay. Yeah, kid, <laughs> some guy with a warehouse full of kids' toys who is for some reason single. Uh, we talk to him and get a Twinkie <laughs> Kid bobblehead. Is that a true story? Yeah. What do you oh, know? oh, oh! Yeah, I thought yeah. you were riffing, and that know. was no. Oh my goodness! No, there's a little. I mean, there's a hyperbole. There's hyperbole in there, sure. but there is a lot of. But he was a single man with yeah. a house full of toys. Yeah, was, was, he was the forty year old virgin. Yes, but yes, but yeah. not funny. Yeah, it was a very sad man who had pit stains. It was very oh funny. man, I want to kind of write a movie about him and cast Jack Black as the as the guy. No, it would be more. Mm. Um, shit, I have the guy's face. He's in Django Unchained. He is. Um, Christoph Waltz? Well, actually, you ever see Beer Fest? <laughs> no, I did. I didn't. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I didn't see so it. So there's though. a priest in the beginning of Beer Fest. Yeah. And that is the yeah. guy he looked like. Oh, if only we had a, a, a machine yeah. that could look up yeah. actors in movies. Well, we're not going to do it, but if you're no. listening at home, yeah. you can pull it up. And That's uh, the guy who would play the pit stained yeah. child yeah. molester. Yeah, that voice, that mm-hmm. sort of like, but he mm-hmm. has to be a little bit more disheveled. A little more disheveled. A little more disheveled, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's the that's that's the magic of films. Yeah, you know that you can do that. Hair and makeup, sometimes. cost wardrobe, sometimes. Dress. I've seen. You've seen, I've seen it. Well, actually, I was I acted in a, a friend of mine's um, bit, whatever, uh, for a short sketch film. Yeah, diminish and it a little more while you're. It out really. Of. I mean, it can't. I can't. But the the whole thing was they were like, oh, we have to do you have to be like an older man. Okay. Right? I was like, okay. So I was like, you know, I'm 35. I'm like, all right, what are we going to, how old mm-hmm. do I have to look? And all I did was tuck in my shirt. And they're like, there he is. <laughs> and I played from that moment a 55 year old man. I was like, that's all it took to age me 20 years was you, tucking in my shirt. You, <laughs> so let me guess in real life, you're not a tucker. No, so, no, and that's I'm a wild and crazy guy, and therefore that is uh, some that is some Meryl Streep shit yeah, right yeah. there, man. It's, it's getting into you the really. Into the, I'm a I'm a uh, method. I'm very method. She said for Sophie's choice, um, she tucked. Yeah, she tucked the shirt, in. and then she uh, uh, one sock had a loose elastic band, mm-hmm. and that was what got her to be. That's what her got her to get to the emotional place she needed to be yeah. for giving her son away to the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's daughter, like, it was the daughter. Yeah, the oh, daughter, spoiler yeah. alert, Sophie's Choice. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, you just ruined it. I so. ruined the entire film. It's tragic. <sighs> Almost as tragic as Sophie's Choice. Almost as. Yeah. Almost as tragic as as, as the Holocaust. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I'm Jewish. You can. No, uh, I'm yeah, I'm shit. Jewish. Uh, yeah, Pagano, Jewish name. Mm-hmm. So you lived in Kentucky? I did. I what? lived in Kentucky. Was it college? Because that's not really living. No. no? I, oh, okay. Um, I moved there to film a television show. Do they have a college in Kentucky? They do. Oh, good. Uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I lived right by one, actually. What was it called? I don't know. I didn't fucking go. Um, Kentucky, it's where people learned how to fry the chicken. I lived in a town called Columbia. And Columbia, oh, Kentucky is... sounds nice. It's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, to put in perspective, I could show you a map, but obviously it's a radio, so I don't want to do this. I don't want to, it's audio. So format, no, show, so. show me the map so we can talk about it and refer to yeah, it. Yeah, see, there it is. Um, but for, for argument's sake, what they would say mm. to you is um, you're going to keep... You're going to drive. You're going to bear right at the fork. You're gonna keep going. When you pass the big rock, then you'll know you're almost there. And if you ever look at a map of Columbia, Kentucky, mm-hmm. just south of it, um, there is. If you head south, there's gonna be a forky bear, right? You'll see like a what well, just looks like a boner just sticking out because the road goes around the rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very fun little trip. But I, where I was, like, how big was this rock? Are we talking huge, twenty like, by thirty? Like, huge, no, oh, huge. Oh. It was like a, it was like cliff top almost. Like <laughs> so, I mean, basically, you go back in time. It's like, hey, road gotta go through here. Yeah, it's like, well, we got, we gotta go, we gotta go downgrade. We could knock the rock on. Hold on, Cletus. Let's think about this. 
How about, hear me out, we just go right and then go around and then come back. But aren't you afraid of rock slides and things like that? <laughs> Rock slides. Those aren't real. What is this? A water park? Shut up! And this. Do you in. believe in gravity? Yeah. Science is a lie. Oh, it was so great. Oh man. We one of the roads that we had to take to get to somebody's house was an actual creek. You drove through a creek. You drove through a creek. A creek, like no, like not like over, like past it. Not like. You had to drive up the creek. On the creek. You drove through the creek bed. You were in the creek bed for mm-hmm. oh, about a quarter mile, and then you make the left. And you said you were there making a television show? Yes. Was this a, was this a narrative? Uh, was this a, a, a series made of deliverance? I don't it, know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a live action deliverance. No, it was um, live a show. <laughs> As opposed to the animated version that yeah, uh, yeah, Reynolds yeah, is yeah, which, which is so much better, but no one ever cares because it's anime. Nah, um, yeah, yeah, well. No, I was in. I was filming a show called Backyard Oil Barons, which was on Discovery Channel. Oh, I think I heard of that. It actually. was real. Yeah. Yeah, real bad. Um, yeah, it was real bad. Yeah, it was real bad. Uh, it was a reality. I, it was a reality, reality show, okay. but it wasn't because I was I was the script guy. I wrote oh, the script. Oh, and are you allowed to give this away? Didn't you sign an NDA? I don't oh. work in television Uh-oh. anymore, so I don't. Oh. I don't care. Okay. Um, but. I had to, you basically like, there are elements of it. Are here, here, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Barry, burning bridges. Yeah, here I am. I don't even give a shit anymore. I'm firing on all cylinders. So here's what I did. So the, the, the real environment was you drill a well yeah. for oil. Yes. And each drill costs like 25 grand. So there is a okay. real investment in the oil business. Who's investing though? The oil company or the person? Depends. In the... So okay. like if I owned land, okay. I could pay you 25 grand to dig a hole. That would be a mistake. Right? I know nothing about it. But that's the thing. Okay. I could, I could you, let's say you <laughs> pretend you bought a giant okay. yeah, But I can have you dig. And if I hit oil, mm-hmm. there are people there who, like the one guy we were filming, he made $30,000 a week. Hole from the oil that came out of his property? He had three separate pumps, three oil jacks working that produced $30,000 a week. Wow. And it's not... So... But what is a lot? Who barrels it and takes it away and all that local. shit though? So it's local, local. Oh, okay. So Kentucky and Tennessee. So it's on the border, right? So like mm-hmm. you're just like near Murfreesboro, and if no one knows, isn't that the Hatfield McCoy's yeah. area? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Kentucky, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, border. yeah. Yeah, I watched that series. Yeah, it's in that. Kevin Costner. It's, it's that little. It's that little like. Yeah. So in that area, you can drill. I don't. I can't remember the feet. I think it was like thirteen thousand. I might make that up. Thirteen thousand. Um, yeah, that's a lot of feet. No wait. 13,000, you're like the core of the earth. Yeah, 1,300, 1,300. So, 1,300 feet. I'm trying, I can't remember shit. because it's like, I, I think it was like 250 feet an hour is yeah. how long it took to, to dig. I'm amazed I didn't just agree with you. Yeah, 13,000. Who knows? Yeah. So, I could make that up. But, um, so anyway, so these people, like, it's a gamble. It's mm-hmm. like a gamble business. Sure. But the thing about it is, like, how many times can you watch, like, I'm digging this hole. Who knows if we're going to hit oil? Oh, no, the drill bit broke. Like, that type of shit. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen. So, you have to create <laughs> conflict. So, every reality show, right. if there is a stake on it, like, even mm-hmm. that, like, uh, that show where they pull open the, the storage units and they bet and whatever. Yeah. Like, that's created conflict. And that's sure. all it is. And so, mm-hmm. we try and create a, a real scenario and then try to create conflict around it. Um, but there was so much shit that happened on the show that, like, there's certain things I can't talk about but i can like allude to okay. so like um we had a female driller mm-hmm. um who people found out that there was a female driller and so they beat her up no for because, real for real because Holy they didn't want cow. a woman because they were afraid they were going to look stupid if a woman was doing their job so that type of stuff wow yeah. that's horrible and i got i was there the day obama got reelected. did you i mean did you did you film this in in 1926 i yeah. don't understand the obama man. got elected yeah. In 19- yeah well i mean no but i mean like yeah. the beating no. up a woman for but that's the whole job. thing and it was like holy cow you can't and you, you did you sit- televise that was that no all- we're not allowed oh yeah. god so it, you get to a point where you're like you're trying to um you're you're trying to be a good person because you know, my thing is I'm supposed to be like the funny guy. Like I'm not supposed to be like the, but you see something like that and like a single mom, like I have all these things that go through my head. It's like, shit, yeah. like I really don't know if I want to do this. And like, so <laughs> it, that I did that. I did, um, I ended up going to National Geographic and I did a, a documentary about cowboys. And uh, in the process of doing that, mm-hmm. I realized like, maybe I don't want to be this reality TV show guy. I yeah. have to like make shitty people look good. It's like real hard. Like, or make act- good or make good people look shitty. That's what they either do. Way, it's yeah, both, either right? way, it's like, yeah. so I you know, if you work if you work on like um so the the swamp people show, right? Yeah. One of the guys apparently shot an endangered species while they were down there. Oh yeah. And the people filming were like, Look, like I understand that you don't give a shit, but like we do. So mm-hmm. don't do that again. And then that to them was like a whole thing. But they have to now make wow. that guy who's killing endangered species, mm-hmm. like for fun. 
for fun. Oh, for fun. he didn't like, need it. No, he just shot it. It was flying. You know, it was a, it was a, I think it was a, I don't, know, it was a owl of some sort mm-hmm. that's like endangered, and they shot it. And he's like, oh, look, I killed. It's like you're an idiot. Like, Holy I get, cow! I get you don't care, but like you should. Like you're getting yeah. rid of a species. Like absolutely. But they don't see it. They don't see the. That sort of. This is the most uh, like so far as all the podcasts I've done. This is like this is like really like one that's getting into like the world, man. Like you know, issues, man. Well, this well, I, I try, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, which I like. There's a gallows humor that exists when you start doing shit like this. Yeah. Like, so you can like look mm-hmm. back and you know I can tell you like off air mm-hmm. uh, what I did to the person who beat the woman right oh like, okay because I didn't physically do anything but right. I can otherwise do things right yeah. like mm-hmm. um, you didn't glue his penis to his stomach no 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 this is actually a really funny story when I was in Kentucky <laughs> they thought I was uh, security they didn't think I was a producer because of my pro wrestling background uh-huh. um, they mm-hmm. believed because what happened was in order to get so one of the characters in the show had to hand pick his production crew so what he did is he made Discovery Channel do a background check on all of us. And the reason being, if any of us worked in law enforcement or had worked with police officers, he didn't want to work with us because he had other things going on. Uh-huh. Illegal things. Illegal things. So what had happened is it came out that I was a pro wrestler. So from pro mm-hmm. wrestler became MMA fighter, from MMA fighter became military, from MMA... Like, the the, the game of telephone progressed to the point uh-huh. that people on site were like, who's this guy? You like, shot Obama. You that, shot Osama bin Laden. Yeah, I was I was essentially CLC CLC 6. 6. The um, whole team. So I, the first day I show up on site, I have, like, a skull cap on, I have an earpiece in, I have, like, the whole, like, I'm wearing all black because you try to wear dark colors on set. Um, and I had my, my earpiece and my, my, my microphone in my hand, but it was, like, ran through my sleep. Uh-huh. So as I'm talking to people, I'm covering my mouth and doing the whole thing. And so, like, at, at glance, I'm wearing, like, cargo pants. I have, like, a, a pocket knife on me because you, you always have a multi-tool on you. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All this course. other shit. Like, so they're, Leatherman. It, it became a Leatherman. So mm-hmm. you, they, people think, like, oh, there he is. That's, that's the fucking security guard. Mm-hmm. So everyone down there drank and smoked weed and um, et cetera. And I didn't. College towns. Yeah, you know how it is. But it was moonshine. It was a dry town. So mm-hmm. it was all moonshining. So mm-hmm. everyone did moonshine. They vaporized moonshine. Like I did it once. It was wild. What is that? Oh, it's all, I'll tell you in that minute. Oh, please tell me that in a minute. <laughs> so then they were doing drugs and everything else. And people were having a good time. I'm not really like that. I don't mm-hmm. really do those type of things. I'm pretty like laid back. So what I did is I bought a BB gun. Okay. And I would, every night I would just shoot cans. That was my way of, of getting energy out. It was like if I was stressed, I'd line up all the beer cans that they had drank and I would mm-hmm. just start picking them off. Right. So... At the end of like six months of shooting, yeah. like I'm real good at this BB gun. Oh like, man, super good. Yeah, and so I'm like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> so one day the guys come with our moonshine, and like I had lined up all these cans, and there was like some like that are pretty far away. One was up on a flagpole, like I had like ran it up on the flagpole. Oh wow! And so as the guy's turning around, he just sees me, bing, 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 and then one of them was at a distance, and I get to up and angle it, and it came all the way down and swung and hit the can, and it was like, bing, 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 wow. bing, bing, bing. And the guy comes over and goes, fucking told you, Army Ranger. Just like, let me in. I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, yeah, that's me. You know, Army Ranger, baby. <laughs> fucking told you, man. Like, as if, like, they had been having that conversation in the car. Like, it's like, well, you got to watch out for one of them. He's going to mm-hmm. shoot you. Oh, man. And you don't, you know, you never dissuade people from those opinions. No, no, no. I never corrected them. Because from my perspective, yeah. if they believed I was Army Ranger, they would never fuck with me. Exactly. And that I was used it. to get mistaken for undercover police I get on the, the subway yeah. all mm-hmm. the time. When I'm on the subway, I'd walk by people and every once in a while someone would go oh man five oh five oh and i'd be like i'd be like i'm not a police officer (laughs) you know that you know okay give me your money but um i it's interesting my um you've talked about that i just wanted to mention real quick my wife's uh my wife's father my father-in-law he used to shoot cicadas out of a tree with a bb gun and i'm like how do you even see them you hear them how do you even see them and she swears when she was a kid he used to go he's a hunter though so yeah like when you're when you, I guess when you handle weaponry as much, yeah. like so I like if I tried to do it today right. I don't have a BB gun anymore right so like yeah. I would be shit at it but when you're doing it every day yeah. and you're just sitting there like you it becomes insane you get it back you get it back yeah it's a muscle memory thing but so what's vaporizing moonshine okay so <laughs> this guy so this one guy I could say his name because it doesn't matter he was mm-hmm. it's not even his real name but they, his name was Rascal on the show okay and Rascal that's not his real name are you sure it's it is Kentucky it's, it's I know his real name and you could I think I you could google it to find it because mm-hmm. what's funny is the, what this how this story finishes but that's well, actually <laughs> not funny but it is because it's gallows humor and I'm, I'm an asshole so uh, he was a moonshiner <laughs> and he's a real moonshiner so yeah. what 
we would get these like maps, these like treasure maps to get moonshine. So he'd be like, oh, you're gonna go around here, whatever. And so like one day he gave us, so for example, he gave us like this map and we're going around all these places to find this moonshine. It was in a creek mm-hmm. underneath a skull-shaped rock. But when we picked up the skull-shaped rock and looked, we picked up the moonshine and put it down and we looked up, we could see our house. Like the way that we had gone, we were like, dude, just like, why didn't you just tell us to go to the bottom of the hill? Like, why are we going to do this oh whole... Oh, my God. So we started laughing, whatever. So um, It was he... like the Dennis the Menace cartoons when you were a kid, and he went like from one yard to the next, but he did 1,800 things. And yeah, it's like, it's like this whole like hour, weird... Yeah. So we so we uh, drinking moonshine, and he would do these things where we had to do like Kentucky swirls, which is where like um, you drink straight moonshine, which is the, not the apple pie moonshine or any of those other moonshines. But you drink straight moonshine and then put just drink water and swish it around your mouth. It's supposed to bring out the sugars. Uh, it fucking doesn't. It you tastes... have to pay prostitutes extra for the Kentucky Swirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kentucky Swirl is a whole. Yeah. Who knows? But um, so he had like a vaporizer. He's like, you can vaporize moonshine. He was like showing us this thing, and it's just like a it's it's a vaporizer, but okay. he's putting moonshine in it, right? So now we're sitting there like watching, like there's like a special technique to it. And we're like, All a right. special technique. There is, there is, and I don't. I for the life of me, if you ask me what it was, no fucking yeah, clue. You know I just trust this toothless man mm-hmm. to give me uh, moonshine. So you, I, you drank, you drank. I got a little drunk, and then you'd vaporize. And it's not like if I were to vaporize just straight up, like nothing. You wouldn't okay. really wouldn't feel it. Like it'd be like a little weird, like tingly, but that'd be it. But when you're a little drunk and then you vaporize, like colors become more vibrant. Like the whole room has mm-hmm. kind of like a weird feel to it. So I. I don't know. That's interesting. It was very weird. So, I, but here's the thing: I don't know if it's confirmation bias. I don't know if it's like I was drunk and then this happened. It's like, oh, this must be the vaporizer. I could have just been I was drunk and I in my head, but I just remember that. The way the story ends is not that long ago. Uh, there was a man in Columbia, Kentucky, arrested because he killed somebody with a moonshine badge. And who is that person? Rascal. Rascal. And what I what I remember back then that came to me now, the first batch of moonshine is always poison. Why? It's just the way the way it works. When I mean the moonshine creation process, the first batch is poisonous. Mm-hmm. So you get rid of it and then you keep two through two on. Or you keep it for people you don't like. You don't like. So we were sitting there and I was like, wait, so we're trusting people who don't understand basic dental hygiene to make moonshine. <laughs> like, that's what I'm, I'm, there's a guy here with gingivitis and I'm like, this guy understands enough about chemical reactions yes. that I trust he's not going to poison. His me. mouth literally looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> it's a lone cemetery plot upside down <laughs> in his face. And that, it's this one headstone. Headstone um, from in 1793. There, there was a girl there who was like very, like, not, she was very pretty. Like, she's a very pretty girl. Sure. And I, I was remember like looking at her like, she was really pretty. Like, like way, not like way, like not to be like stereotypical, like whatever. But like in the area I was, it was like all like old men who drill for oil. Sure. And then there was this one girl. I was mm. like, oh, that's weird. Who is she? Um, and she was dating this dude who literally looked like a foot. Like, he's just a gross looking dude. <laughs> and I was like, what is she doing with that guy? Like, I understand, like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, maybe it's like picking the litter, but like, she had a car. She, she was dating Footface. And mm. so he smiled and he had a fucking full set of pearly whites. Oh. I was like, oh, that's it. It's like a peacock. He just flows on his teeth. <laughs> and that was it. That's all he needed. Hey, God. Yeah, all he the just, women he just looks around. like, hey. And she's like, oh. He oh my, hygiene. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And all the other guys are like, damn, Carl. Yeah. Pretty pearly teeth. There's a guy down there with like a homemade swastika tattoo yeah. on his shoulder. Oh yeah? Yeah. And, uh, nice. He, uh, he broke his ankle. A filming. homemade swastika tattoo? Like somebody did it like at home. Oh. Um, and so he got, he broke his ankle on set one day uh-huh. and we had to run over I ran to the hospital and my boss was yelling at me like, Hey man, like you need to get him, uh, back. Like you need to like, you need to come back to work. Like you can't just be at the hospital. And my big thing was like, Hey, like, no, like this dude's by himself. There's no way I'm going to be able to sit here and go, I have to leave this guy. I'm having this whole conversation. I'm like yelling at my boss. Yeah. I'm like, this dude's fucked up like we need to really and all of a sudden the shirt came off and I saw the tattoo and I was like I'll be there in a half hour and I yeah, just like left yeah, I'm like see you later buddy like I don't really care about you anymore yeah I mean once you get the once you commit to the swastika tattoo you pretty much know that there are you've alienated a certain 
amount of the people nurse was from black Uriah. and she was very unhappy with him. <laughs> she, <laughs> I, was, I just kept. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, and I, she like looked at me and I went. I had like threw my hands up, like no idea who the fuck this is. Like yeah, I, yeah. I threw this dude under the bus immediately. Never seen this man in my life. No, who is this guy? I found him outside. And I um, am now leaving. Exit stage left. He had a he had a good run. He had a good run. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, I tell you, man. Uh, it, the, the swastika tattoo. It's a fashion choice. Yeah, that, it's a know? it's a deliberate decision that was made, yeah. and he committed to it. So I'm yeah. not gonna. I mean, you could have chosen anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a I have a tattoo of a, a luchador mask on my back. Like uh-huh. it's like, you know, we know, I, we I did, all know, everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, why? Mm-hmm. Like when somebody goes, well, why'd you get the swastika tattoo? Like homeboy has to explain that story no matter what happens now. Like you know, nobody. I don't know if anyone's gonna ask why you got a swastika. I mean, I might ask why you have a luchador mask if I didn't know you were a wrestler. Yeah. Um, or Mexican. Yeah. Um, obviously. But, Mexican. Uh, yeah, obviously Mexican. Um, and but uh, you know, nobody asks why you got a swastika. They right, know it's, it's because it, you're an awful person. Yeah, but it looked like somebody <laughs> drew it. Like look like mm. it looked like somebody drew it while they were off roading. Like if you've ever seen like Jackass the movie oh, where like. Yes. They did the smiley face. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Same thing. Like, and it, I was like, "What? What did you? Oh what God. meth addict did that to you?" And, what a mistake. So you. Uh, so what did you start first, wrestling or comedy? Wrestling. I wrestling. started wrestling in two thousand. In two thousand, the year two thousand. The year two thousand. And what? I mean, uh, I mean, you know, we all liked wrestling as a kid. We all watched, uh, you know, them coming up. You know, we all had our favorite wrestler, but. Uh, what 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 made you think? Because you're not. I mean, listen. I mean, you know. I'm. I can give this away. You're not a gigantic guy. I'm not. You're just. I'm a, you're, five you're nine. Like, yeah, you're five nine. Five nine, two hundred pounds. Yeah, well, you're twenty. I think I got real fat. You're so. like you're like a you're like a the running back. Yeah. You know, yeah. on the team. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Third string running back. Yeah, but you, I mean, but you're very, just to describe if no one's seen your wrestling, you're very athletic, you, you jump backwards off the top rope, you do a backflip, you grab a guy by the head and you slam him into the ground, you do all sorts of fun shit and you get this gigantic partner who yeah. spins people around like a top yeah. and belly he's a plops big, big, strong him. Boy. He's a big, strong boy. Um, and so, you, you know, you're, you're a heck of a lot of fun to watch, but what made you think, hey man, I'm 5'9", 180, I'm going to go into wrestling? Well, when I started wrestling, I was 5'9". 130 um there you go yeah but i there's one of those things that like as a kid you just loved and i was always like i'm gonna be a pro wrestler and then like people were like no you're not and i was like well in that case and then that was my whole thing oh because you're irish i'm irish yeah <laughs> like, well, fuck you you tell me i can't like like my grandfather gonna be like yeah why didn't you just say to me like oh you could never be a doctor like who knows what my life would be like now Imagine. no he's like you can't be a wrestler and i'm like well fuck you grandpa like yeah man but um the parenting you know, parenting 101 <laughs> i was like 17 i got into a car accident when i was 16 i was in the passenger and i got money from the car accident so i had like mm-hmm. a fair amount of money and um were you hurt yeah my ear reattached oh there's shit. a scar behind no it. way it goes, really it goes up, oh my goes god here and it comes over oh here. blue velvet man yeah, awesome sexy. oh um, yeah but i had this money and i was like oh i want to be a wrestling go to wrestling school so i had my mom take me to a school and then have her sign the waiver and then uh if you kill my son yeah it's i like, can't it's like, sue you it's like you can't sue it's like we're in a karate dojo in hicksville new york mm-hmm. like no one's suing anyone <laughs> um and then i started my wrestling training and then i kind of like would go back and forth because i was in school but then the minute i graduated it was like the next day it was i was training was really like training. you showed up with a with a bandana tied to a stick yeah with yeah. all your I'm a real hobo i mean i was 15 minutes from home so it wasn't that big a deal but okay. uh but no but like we you know i started training and it was um i broke my orbital bone in my second match I, okay um, for those out there who don't know what that is that's around your eye yeah, right? right around the eye how did right that happen somebody punched me in the face as hard as i could um <laughs> I thought you weren't. I thought you weren't supposed to punch people in the face. As yeah, hard as I you think could. he did it. So there's like um, it was an old school mentality, like we thinning out the herd. You don't want everyone to be in on the wrestling business. Okay. So this dude took it upon himself to be like, "Well, I'm gonna break his orbital bone." Was he an experienced guy? Uh, eh. he set out to break your orbital yeah, bone. Yeah, he to this day he'll say he didn't, but like uh-huh. I know for a fact he did. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, dude, like I know, like you don't yeah. have to. And at this point, I think he understands that, like, um. We we're like you know experience wise like we're about the same. Okay. Like, you know what I mean, um, so mm-hmm. he won't. He, he's just had that mentality. 
But he pulled me in the rope, punched me in my face, broke my orbital bone. Mm-hmm. It was like, do you want to say his name to take nope. a little uh, revenge? Nope. Nope. He doesn't get any no, press. No, he doesn't get press from these. No, uh-huh. nobody, nobody gets press. This you is a nameless, damn Barry podcast. I'm not talking about anybody. Nameless else. wrestler. Yeah, nameless forever. wrestler. Hulk Hogan. That's who he was. Um, some little guy <laughs> named Hulkster. Uh, real uh, racist. Um, but no, but Swast he. Swastas get Yeah, he also. He also. But um, he so he punched me in the face, broke my orbital bone, mm-hmm. and then I wrestled for 15 minutes afterwards. Like I wrestled with a broken orbital. Yeah. And they were like, oh. He's not. He can do this. You know, he's whatever. no wimp. He's not a pussy or whatever. Yes, he's um, no scrawny weakling on the beach getting sand kicked in <laughs> his face. Meanwhile, meanwhile, um, mm. but then you know you start like. Um, How did they fix that? Your uh, did nothing. It was if it was worse, they would have had surgery. But the okay. way it was, it was like leave it and just don't wrestle and don't and, sleep on that side. For yeah, you, I, well, I didn't. I normally didn't anyway. But like, oh, okay. it was. Um, you didn't get the, to the sleep habits of Dan Barry. Yeah, I sleep like I am a mm-hmm. fucking stationary sleeper. It's mm-hmm. just one position. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Same with sex. Mm-hmm. So I was. Uh, so I had the overbone. I know. Yeah. I know, Dan. Yeah. I'm a just a. I'm on my back. That's it. Um, <laughs> but I had the orbital bone, and uh, I laid there, and I got a, it healed, and then it was like I kept wrestling, kept wrestling, kept wrestling. Even when I when it was healing, I went to the training every day, and I yeah. would, uh, take notes on things that were happening. So it was like, oh, this guy actually gives a shit. And um, what kind I, of notes do you take? So anything. So wrestling. If you watch wrestling, um, if you watch wrestling and you're like, it's fake. Like you, you already have a preconceived notion of what's happening. So when right. you're watching it, you're like, see, he missed. Ugh. But to me, if you're watching, it's like there's an art form to people who understand how to move their body, and even in such a way where it's like, I can make this look like because when you're watching wrestling, the, the, this is what happens. And this is what everyone wrestling watching wrestling. You'll think it's stupid, you think it's stupid, you think it's stupid. You go, oh, look, this is all fake, but I think that guy actually got hurt on that one. Mm-hmm. And that is the moment that I want. And so when I talk about pro wrestling, I look for that. As much as wrestling is uh, a show, yes. I want people to go, oh shit, no, I know it's a show, but like, fuck that one. That one really hurt. That's where. So when you're taking notes, it's really mm-hmm. like, oh well, if you do this, you can. We call it closing the window. So if I have you in a chokehold, if I get my arm in, I'm closing the window. You can't see where I'm not choking you. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm hiding. I'm palming the card so you can't see it. Right. And that's what I like about pro wrestling. So I would write notes like, oh, do this, do this, do this. Oh, okay. One, one thing I tell you about, about wrestling is that uh, anyone who says, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. It, 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 it is a show. It is entertainment. I mean, but the fact that if you actually did some any, if anyone had anything like that done to them for real, half the stuff that happens in a wrestling ring, no one's getting up and walking away from that. So it's 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 a, it's a it's a true athletic feat in its own right to be able to do things that look like you're gonna die and then walk away from well, it. Well, even even something as simple as somebody diving over the top rope and you catching them. So right? simple. People go, but in your head you're like, oh, the guy who did the flip off the tightrope probably could hurt. It's like, well, the guy underneath him probably got hurt too. Because yeah, I'm catching a 200 pound dude. Like, it's yeah, not, like I dare somebody to jump off the roof of their house and then have one dude waiting for him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like wrestlers are like, yeah, no, because I'll hit him chest to back and like we we have the psychology down to go, okay, well this is how I'll land safely. Yeah. And you know that, and you know that wrestling is really a learned skill. You know it because whenever you see those guys in their backyard, the YouTube videos of that, and everyone gets killed, yeah. you know, trying to slam themselves into a table, and then oh, you have to go to the hospital, Tommy. What a surprise! Yeah, who'd have thought that was coming? Yeah, oh my god, didn't um, see it. So you took notes and you worked hard at it, and then what was your like first opportunity? Do what was your first like? Uh, I mean, I don't even know how to say it. When, when you came out and they were like, here's the wrestler. What was your name? Was your name something? Uh, so my ori- so no. originally, my wrestling mm-hmm. name was Kamikaze. Oh. Uh, because that was my backyard wrestling name. And I thought it would be so cool. Like, okay. How would you spell it? Uh, same way you would normally. Okay. Yeah. Kamikaze. Okay. Yeah, K-M-I-K-Z. Okay, I but... thought it was like comic, like C-O-M-I-C-Kaze. Because no, 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 no. you were already preparing no. for your stand-up career. I was super serious. Super oh, wow. serious, Dan Barry. Um, mm-hmm. But... I, the guy who one of the guys who trained me was like, well, you can't just be kamikaze. Like you'd be Canadian. It's like what? The Canadian kamikaze. The Canadian kamikaze with a K. Mm. So it's Canadian kamikaze. Oh. And so then eventually. Um, Don't add another K to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy Canadian kamikaze. So. Um, KKK. I have a sweet, I have a sweet tattoo. But I, so I, um, I. I eventually you have to get a license to wrestle in New York State. That what kind? What, what, what is it? What is required for that um, license? You have to have a physical. You have to have blood work done. You have to have uh, three people sign off on you. Like three, three people train. sign off on you. So three oh. trains, three already licensed people have to go. Yes, he can wrestle. Yes, he can wrestle. Yes, oh, can wrestle. that's actually that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty but they cool. got rid of it. 
Um, oh, that's uh, yeah. that doesn't sound no. that it should happen. No. <laughs> now you have a bunch of people who don't know how to wrestle wrestling. Anymore. Oh no, that's but, terrible. Yeah, so, that's dangerous. Um, so I went and I went to get a license. And they're like, oh, if you have a, a fake name, you have to trademark it. Like, oh, because you know, it's like, oh, you know, you don't want two Canadian kamikazes. Yeah, you don't want two lazy, licensed crazy Canadian mm-hmm. kamikazes. So I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I just went Dan Barry, and that was it. I just went in my regular name. So everyone's like, "Oh, why?" Like they. So now people think Dan Barry is not a real name. And yeah. I'm like, what a fucking boring fake name. Like I couldn't what? think of like Thunder Bear Johnson. Like I picked Dan Barry. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> Thunder Bear Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Like what a way better name. So um, Dan so, Barry is. Yeah, there were some wrestlers with their real names, right? They're a bunch. Yeah. But, but but like Randy Orton is mm-hmm. a is a way. Well, nah, I guess Randy isn't, but like Orton is a cooler name. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, is Orton cooler than Barry? I don't yeah, know because Dan Barry sounds like an accountant. Mm-hmm. Or my uncle's a writer for the New York Times, so it's, he's a, his name is Dan Barry. So uh-huh. like, Dan Barry sounds like there's an astronaut named Dan Barry. Like, uh-huh. Those are the jobs that you get. Yeah, like, you don't become like famous wrestler Dan Barry from mm. that name. Do you think it was the last name that 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 got you, or the first name? Well, or Dan the, could be. I mean, Dan. Was, Dan's a Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan the man. Severn was a UFC mm-hmm. fighter and an NWA wrestling mm-hmm. champion. Um, Dan Gable was a mm-hmm. legendary wrestler who could crush an apple with his bare hands. Uh, there's a lot of cool Dan's. An ba- apple. Barry's, an apple. Yeah, you just take an apple, crush his hand. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, wild. I could never. No, uh, I no. never tried. Now I'm going to have hard. to try. You try it. I dare you. You'll I, feel emasculated immediately. I, I will try. He did I will start in, off with smaller fruits like kiwis and yeah. work my way up. He did it into his 80s. Into so his 80s? he had the grip strength yeah. in his 80s to be like, crah, and just destroy. Wow. Yeah. Not me. No. No. That's I, all right. Um, Dan, and you're named Dan, so... We're almost the same. Dan yeah. the man. Did you ever think of Dan the man? And yeah, put I did. That in there? Don't ever say that again. No, that was like the like <laughs> sixth graders would be like, oh, like like, like your your yeah. uncle who like was like, hey, Dan the man. And you're like, oh, fuck. Or Dan the mangler, mangler. And then no, that's weird. Uh, so you're so you, so you're Dan Barry now. You're still Dan Barry. I'm the I'm Dan Barry. Dan Barry, and On you're Twitter, part of a, the you're, Dan Barry. And you're part of a tag team, an awesome tag team. I am. Called... I do singles and wrestling and tag mm-hmm. team. My tag team's called Team Tremendous. Team Tremendous. It's, it's a dick pretty joke. Good, man. It's a long-standing dick joke. Oh, okay. It's uh, one of those things that we did when we were we thought it was funny in like 2006, and then mm-hmm. uh, as you get older, you're like, "Fuck, I'm stuck with this goddamn name. <laughs> I can't get rid of it." But um, we are two. Um, if you were to watch wrestling, you'd be like, "Oh my god, they're two cops." That's their gimmick, but it's not. Okay. The gimmick is that we're two guys who think we're cops. Oh. That, is, that changed that little. That little like switch. that movie, Let's Be Cops. Well, it, to, no, to me, it's it's uh, uh, Don Quixote. Oh, okay. Oh, right. all right. So it, everyone knows we're not cops, mm-hmm. but they let us play cops, and as a result, things happen. Oh, right? okay. Um, Tilting at windmills. I'm very obsessed with like um, mm-hmm. Emperor Norton, the protector, the Emperor of the United States, the protector of Mexico. And mm-hmm. If you don't know who that is, you should I know. have no idea. I guy, will look it up as soon as we uh, part ways. <laughs> guy who lived in San Francisco who yeah. told people he was an emperor. And then people like just let him. They knew he wasn't, but they just let him pretend. To be oh, him. I, you know, now I think I have heard of he, that. Now Mark I think Twain I have wrote about him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, crazy, wow. crazy guy. Yeah. Awesome story though. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, who lost all of his money in a rice. He lost all of his money in like a rice deal because mm-hmm. they closed off the, the for the, the whatever. So when they sectioned off China, sure, they rice rice prices skyrocketed. So he bought a boat full of rice, and he's like, "This is gonna be my meal ticket." So he bought this meal ticket, and as it was coming over. It ended, and the rice the price of rice dropped. Oh, and he lost everything. Bought high, sold low. Oh, yeah. that's and then terrible. That was it. And then uh, he went crazy. Oh, he became the yeah. first emperor United States protector of Mexico. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, you know, hey, if you're gonna lose all your money, you might as well go crazy. Yeah, you might as well go crazy. It's something to keep you busy. But that that story was what made me think, like, well, what if we like? Because we were originally it was like we'll be buddy cops, and we're looking for an illegal denim ring, and that was this whole thing we had in our head. But I'm like, what's better is if we aren't cops, but we think we're cops. Mm-hmm. It makes it much more fun because. Then we have like we dress like TV cops. We don't dress like regular cops. Right. You wore like a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I dress yeah. like uh, Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. There we go. He dresses like Dennis Franz and uh, NYPD she, Blue. Yeah, NYPD Blue. Yeah. He has that like that look, and we just kind of like mm-hmm. that's what the gimmick was. He kind of looks a little worn out. Like yeah, Friends he always. Too. And I, the funny thing is, whenever he does like something crazy, the commentators will try to be like, "Oh, he's too old for this shit." It's like, oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny, man. So it's like a buddy cop, buddy. Yeah, cop but it's movie. a buddy cop. That's movie. pretty great, man. That's yeah. pretty great. I like that. And what's when when you first performed in front of an audience? Was it like a was it like um was it like a like a, like like your recital? 
<laughs> you know, like, I mean, I imagine you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a pro So now. you've done stand-up. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. Your first set ever. Open, open mic, mic. Probably mm-hmm. bring your show. You had friends and family. Come. Sure. Fundamentally the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Except I physically <laughs> got maimed. Right. Oh. So instead of emotionally being crushed <clears throat> by the fact that like really you weren't that funny, but mm-hmm. people told you you were, uh, this was physically you sucked and it still hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a. It what was it? What what? Now, did it suck because of lack of preparation, or because of nerves, or just it was just the luck of the draw? I described it as two sociopaths who read a book about pro wrestling and then tried to recreate it three months later. Sure. Okay. Because it's it's the the items are there. Yeah. Right. It's I got the parts to build a Lego pirate ship, and then right. I built what should have been a pirate ship and tried to put it in water, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So now in real life, like now as a wrestler. I can go back and be like, well, here's where I went wrong. And you, you know, in wrestling, there's the, 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 the structure, the three act structure. Sometimes people call it the five act structure for us, but there's a structure. The Freitagian pyramid, yeah, yeah, you know, yes. the denouement, yes. the climax. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, uh <laughs> the wrestling ring is, uh, it's a uh, mise-en-scene and everything. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's this whole like when you go back and you watch it I'm like there was no beginning no middle no end that's right the first part is there's just no story two guys flailing away at each yes. other and if you ever watch like MMA mm-hmm. a lot of times there's no story right it's just two guys fighting sometimes there is a story and right. when the story comes you're more emotionally invested in it so yeah. pro wrestling does the emotionally investing part and goes well let's forget about the real strikes and yeah. go with the emotional investment so there was no emotional investment. No one cared about the match, mm-hmm. right? They only cared about they saw me, and that was it. Well, that's why there's the quote-unquote good, good guy, bad guy story in wrestling. There's always a good guy, and there's always a bad guy. And the audience boos one and yays for the other. Yeah. And then, you know, six months down the road, the good guy <laughs> turns bad, and turns the bad, bad guy turns good. Because they need a new bad guy. Exactly. But I look at it like, so the, the comparison in wrestling is uh, wrestling is like ice cream. And that there are many different types of ice cream, but at mm. the end of the day, uh, it's all ice cream. Yeah. Right? So vanilla is this, chocolate is this. So for me, at the professional level, I get more granular. How do I make vanilla ice cream? How do I make chocolate ice cream? Mm-hmm. And when you know how to make vanilla and you know how to make chocolate, you know how to make strawberry, you can kind of fuck around with the ingredients and you can have a really cool, unique own ice cream mm-hmm. so that's what wrestling is to me like so, Ben and Jerry's yes Ben and, ben and Jerry's crazy ass flavors yes but you can have that's a crazy ass do. flavor but then it goes okay so now I have this but like what are the toppings right oh. so like like the structure of this style of wrestling is this 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 but then it's like I have vanilla ice cream but do you like plain vanilla ice cream or do you want chocolate syrup on it how am I going to add that chocolate syrup to it how am I going to add the sprinkles how am I going to add the cherry like that type of shit you're making me hungry man yeah, but, well what happened was I started <laughs> making my own ice cream and uh-huh. then I started comparing it to pro wrestling in my head because because I'm a fucking psycho and I would write this out and to me like when I talk about pro wrestling I talk about like um, I study it like it's not like there are people at comedy who can do the same thing they can sure. tell you like they can break down people's sets and be like this is what like I, jazz music yes yes yeah. even freeform jazz is some sort mm-hmm. of a structure exactly. that you have to understand the rules of before you can do freeform yeah you can't just blow into a saxophone and blah, 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 yeah. you, know, and, you know there's a guy out there who sounds like he's hitting random notes it is not random no and there's an emotion behind it and mm-hmm. the emotion comes from what he learned originally and there's mm-hmm. a whole even art if you walk, look at Picasso it's like there's a reason he does it it's based on this and this and this you can follow the train back absolutely and that's how wrestling is for me mm-hmm. it's I can kind of go and pick out and right. like this I like for like, and you make ice cream, which makes me like you even yeah, more, yeah. Dan Barry. Homemade ice cream. It's homemade uh, ice cream. It's delicious. You have a machine, or you can crank it. I fucking have a machine. What are you? Your mind? Huh? I I did that in Boy Scouts. We hand crank the. Yeah, ice I cream. would have like a little like a rock, yeah. like a little like a rock ball, salt thing? a ball, oh, yeah. and you'd shake the ball and oh, throw yeah. the ball around. That's what made your ice cream. Uh, now I have um, you know, now it's two ice. eggs, three quarters cups of sugar. I start like mm-hmm. going through and like. Yeah, it's like Iron Chef, man. They yeah. always used to, and, and the one that the Japanese Iron Chef, they always used to make ice cream. Somebody used to there's always an ice cream, cream maker, and the reason is because is. it's like, well, if I just mm. take sweet cream and add these ingredients and add a little bit of salt into it, it's like, and it's a challenge. It's like a match. So I see your connection now between ice cream and wrestling. It's yeah. like right there in Iron Chef, yeah. really. Yeah, if you watch Iron Chef, you'll mm. understand pro wrestling. I have one hundred percent logic. Yeah. So you're 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 so you're a pro wrestler, and you're doing it, and now you're into it. And you're you're going and traveling, and you're wrestling, right? You're out there in the in the, in the boondocks and the sticks, mm-hmm. and you're doing it for all the people that are cheering for you. And then you decide, man, you know, I really want something that's even more torturous. I'm going to become a stand-up. They're equally comic. torturous. They're parallel lines. They're yeah. parallel lines in different, two different tracks. That's how yeah. I but um, <clears throat> my thing is, I always liked comedy. I was very big. Like um, my family is very 
loved stand-ups, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, in my family, like, Carlin was on. Carlin was on. Pryor was on. These people yeah. came on on our TVs. And you'd watch. And I remember one of the first bits. Even I when ne- you were, like, young, technically too young to listen to it. Yeah, the first. Same in my house, The too, first yeah. comedy bit I remember and can repeat. Yeah. So, I've heard other ones, right? But I can remember and repeat. Right. George Carlin saying, we're at war. with Right now, we're at war in the Gulf. And the newspaper, the front cover says, it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. Fuck Mickey Mouse. Fuck him. Fuck him in the asshole with a big rubber dick. And then break it off and beat him to death with the rest of it. And that was the first thing I remembered. Mm-hmm. And I would recite ad nauseum. When you were six. When I was, you know, I was very young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember, because to me it was like, what I liked about Carlin was that it, everything felt genuine. You yes. felt like you were listening to a guy talk. And, you know, as much as you would go on these like tangents and sometimes the tangents would be like, all right. We fucking get it. Yeah. The point was, yes, he knew that you knew he got it, and he was going to go further, and then it become funny again, which is like that Chevy Chase idea of like yeah. saying banana repeatedly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being like, I love stand-up. And then um, I have a theory in my life uh, that if you ever want to do something, just try and do it. Like, stop being this, like, oh, I wish I could. Like, fuck you. Like, go out and do it. Like, yeah. if it's hard, that makes it better. Because then mm-hmm. when you do it, it's like a sense of accomplishment. So... I was like, I want to do comedy, and I want to do. Com- hit your mic; it's gonna make a pop. Uh, I'm going to do uh, comedy. Okay. I can fix that. <laughs> you don't even have to. You fucking <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was doing. I was working. Uh, I was doing. I was wrestling. I was wrestling, and then um, I was working on a television show called The Marriage Ref, and the host was a guy named Tom Papa. Tom Papa being a very funny comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Papa. I was telling a story, and Papa looks at me and he goes, "Are you a comedian?" I said, "No." He goes, "You have the cadence of a comedian." I was like, oh, thank you. He's like, you ever think about it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I think about doing open mic all the time. Like, I just never have the guts. And I don't really think, I think I'm more situationally funny than I am written funny. And he goes, just do it. He's like, just do stand up. Like, try it. Like, not saying like, oh, you're going to be successful. But he was like, if you want to do it, just do it. Don't be an idiot. Like, don't be an asshole and be like, I can't do it. Like, don't defeat yourself. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. And I was walking, whatever. And I thought about, thought about, thought about. Another one of my friends, a wrestler named Bobby Fish, he was like, um, he said the same thing. He's like, you ever do stand up? He's like, no. I was like, and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I always wanted to do it. What am I doing? And so we had a week off from television, and governors in Levittown had an open mic that, sure. that Wednesday. So on Tuesday, I called the, uh, and I said, can I get on? They said, yeah, can you bring six people? So I called six of my closest friends who I know won't laugh at shitty things I say. Mm-hmm. And then that's what got me into comedy. It was like I brought them to the show, and they were like, you were funny. There were some things that weren't, but you were funny. Yeah. Like, um, well, I mean, you know, your first open mic. You know, you're you're supposed to if if you're if you're gonna be a comic, you know, if you're gonna be a comic, your first open mic has to. You, everyone remembers their first open mic. Yeah. It's like the first time you had sex. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> the mic. Yeah. Or the sex. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, it's it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, you you're hardly sweating remember. Through your shirt. You're sweating through your shirt, and um, when you're finished, you know, you feel a little dirty. And I I remember my things I remember from that set. But you're happy it's over. Yeah. Like for me, it was like mm-hmm. I remember. I remember being nervous. I remember being nervous. I remember being nervous. And then I remember when I was on stage, I wasn't. And mm-hmm. it's... Um, oh, that's interesting. Because I, the whole thing for... So the other thing is, I'm not afraid of talking to Mike. I've done it for since 2000, mm-hmm. right? So I'm used to doing it in tights. So as I was walking up, I'm like, you've done this before. Just be yourself. And I kind of like... I didn't stick to a script. I didn't like... I have my jokes. Like, I knew my jokes. But I didn't like just walk up and go. So I was at the mall. Like, I didn't want to be that person. So I tried to be a little bit more freeform, which ended up me being like nervous energy and like pulling on the cord and like doing sure, all sorts of stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't come off as this guy who wrote his his bit on his hand and repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. Mm-hmm. I had my jokes, I knew my jokes, but I didn't try to repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, I tried was, to sound like you were talking. I tried to be Carlin. Yeah. In my head, there you go. I tried to be Carlin. Okay. Uh, which in and of itself, I'm not. Uh, well, for is. a variety of reasons, yeah. um, but I, I, even if I were to become a more advanced comedian, I would never be Carlin. I would always yeah. be, you know, Dan. Yeah. So, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because nobody wants to. See nobody wants to be the second Carlin too. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, that was it, and I went on stage and I came off. My friends were like, "You're funny," you mm-hmm. know, like obviously, like this joke missed and whatever. Sure. Um, and then uh, I tried to do. I did a more open mics and. I try to be a darker comedian because, like, my instinct is to think of dark jokes. Uh, but I don't. It's one of the things about comedy is knowing what you can say. 
Right. I, you know, I can't be this guy that is this one way and then I come out and talk about killing myself. Like, it's not, people aren't going to find me funny. They're going to be like, oh, yeah. that's depressing. He seems like. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, I talk about this a lot with comics. I talk about this a lot with with, with actors, too. You know, everybody, it's like, it's like, it. I remember when I first started acting, of course, you just want to play characters, you know, and you want to put on a voice and you want to do a thing. And yeah. <laughs> you know, I, want and, to, I want to affect uh, an accent. Yeah. Suddenly, this, is, uh, this, is, this is how I talk in this movie. You know, I'm James Mason, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and then someone was like, just 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 use your voice, and it sounds like the stupidest thing you've ever heard, you know. But then as you get older and you start acting more and you start really watching other actors and you start to realize, oh, they're just being, you know. And that that is a skill in of itself to just be. And comics, when they finally find their voice, they're so specific that they instantly become recognizable. Like you're never, no one's ever going to confuse Rodney Dangerfield with Sam Kinison. No, no. It's never no, going to happen. No. So that's why when you say you're Dan Barry, you've got to, you know, I, I mean, how is it finding, I mean, you found the wrestler Dan Barry. How yeah. is it finding the comic Dan Barry? The comic, it's much harder for me. And it, it boils down to a couple of things. One, like I know what I want to talk about, but I also, I don't think I'm, I'm smart enough where if somebody were asking me a conversation, a question about most things, that I, I'm aware of, I'd be able to have a conversation on it. And on the, at that point, I could probably riff on it. I could make fun of something, and I could always make allusions. Sure. My big thing is if you try to, if I try to write it, I'm not good at it. I need to be a little bit different. So now the jokes I write are very much about my life because right. I know them, and I can be like, no, this is why it's funny. And I kind of I expound upon it and so on. But mm -hmm. um, writing jokes that I think are funny is real hard for me to deliver. So I'm kind of in a position now where it's like, I don't know my voice, which is, I think, a good position to be in. Not maybe necessarily after I've been doing it for this many years, but like, um, I feel like I thought I knew my voice and then I realized like, this isn't me because I don't want to be doing this. I want to be doing other things. Um, it's the same thing I've done acting too. It's the same idea that like, you have this like idea of what it's supposed to be and then you realize upon rewatching like, oh shit, that's not it at all. Yeah. And that's the thing with wrestling. For me, it's like, you know, I compare a lot of things to wrestling because I just instinctively understand wrestling. But you don't know you understand something until someone tells you to explain it. And then when you start explaining it, it's like, great. I can talk about wrestling all day. Comedy, I come to a point where I block myself. And it's because I don't know. And I'm not comfortable not knowing. But I like that I'm not comfortable not knowing. And I like that I have to figure this out. And there's a point where, you know, uh, performer's depression, right? Like where you are afraid you're never going to be, you're never going to be good at anything. You're only going to be okay. Yeah. And that so, <laughs> mediocrity is yeah, the nightmare. The fear of mediocrity of the creative is so person. strong. Yeah. And I was, yeah. you know, even television production, everything, like everything's always been like, I'm going to be just good enough to make enough money that it's like, I'm stuck here, but I'm not mm -hmm. good enough to go. So how do I improve upon that? And that's where I'm at now is like that. How do I take what I'm currently doing and change it so that I can move forward? And and how often are you performing? I mean, are you still wrestling? Yeah. And are and are you finding that splitting time between comedy and wrestling? Are you finding that you're, you you find that rewarding, or do you find it maybe conflicting in a way? Uh, it's both. Um, you know, I try and book myself out as far ahead as possible. I try not to wrestle every single weekend, only because um, after 18 years, it's kind of. Uh, taxing mm -hmm. um i try and do comedy as much as humanly possible but um not to be whatever i make way more money wrestling than i do comedy right congratulations and, yeah, well it's because i've been doing it for so long that's it yeah. and i have t-shirts and i sell and whatever and comedy it's like i I'm, expect a free one for giving you this uh sure uh, time on this uh, podcast I will, no problem man anything for you um <laughs> no but uh no but like you know like there's a point where um even with comedy where it's like I'm a I'm a road feature, you know what I mean, and that's that's where I'm at. I understand my lot life okay. right now. Yeah. But as a wrestler, it's the idea of um, you go to sleep and generally wake up uh, a private. And I have no problem if I have to work my way to being either of those things. Sure. At one point, I have to stop one and do the other. I get that. Probably it's now, but I'm not doing it because okay. I I, um, I have goals in wrestling I want to fulfill, and I haven't fulfilled them. All Can yet. you talk about those goals a little bit? Do yeah. you want to? Sure. Okay. Um, so wrestling, I want to. Um, I've done. So I'm going to. I'm actually leaving for Dublin tomorrow. Hi, Chitai. Yeah, hi, Chitai. Uh, going over to the island, and uh, we're going to have a good time. 
Um, <laughs> it's a good crack over there, man. Yeah, good crack. Gonna have, gonna have a point. It's gonna be a good round. Uh, I have to get in my Nick Thomas accent when I do this. Mate, you don't understand. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> no, but um, so I fly out. I'm doing Dublin, and then in two weeks after that, I'm going to London. My first time of wrestling in London. So Very that was nice. on my bucket list. Wow. And I'm wrestling for. Is that a big wrestling town, London? I didn't even, yeah, even so, imagine it. So a lot of people don't understand how important British wrestling has been to pro wrestling as a whole. No idea. And I'm, it's a. I, I'm a. I will fucking bore you to death. With write this. a book about it, man. No, I bet you would be good. No, 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 I'm not a good writer. I've had this conversation just oh, okay. now. Yeah, writing is not my talking. <laughs> you give me like a little radio show. Like I have no problem. There but like go. um as far as talking about so like so many wrestlers have been like um I'm bringing up some of the you probably don't want to hear about, but like Chris Benoit, as much as he's a murderer, etc. Yeah, uh, his wrestling style comes from Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid was a British pro wrestler who came to Canada and wrestled, and then Benoit picked up on it. Okay. Like, there's a lot. So, William Regal is the current, um, like, general manager of NXT, which is, like, the developmental system. British wrestler, came from England, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Fit Finley is in charge, was in charge of the women for, of WWE. Fit Finley, Belfast wrestler, British wrestling, so on and so forth. It there's a lot. If you the coaches in the, in the uh, NXT right now, like Robbie Brookside, you have Johnny Saint, who's a legendary pro wrestler. This is all fucking real boring. Johnny Saint's a legendary pro wrestler in England. He's running NXT UK, which is their division over there. British wrestling is huge. Right? It's huge. So Progress Wrestling is a really big company in England. And that's who you're wrestling that's for. That's where I'm there? wrestling in three weeks, and it's like how oh, big are the crowd? How big are the, how big? They is just the arena ran Wembley. They... If that puts that in perspective. Oh wow! Oh, are you going to wrestle in a big arena? Or uh, it's not a huge arena, but it's big. How it's many, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't. Five thousand. Uh, no, nah, it's probably. Like, I, I'd probably say like almost three thousand. Three thousand. That's in still that a range. lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm not diminishing. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I'm not wrestling at Wembley. I want to put that out there. Oh no no no. Uh, but I have that. I have. Um, that you'd open with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be in Wembley. Um, but then uh, I have Germany on my list, which I tried to do the same trip as London, but it just didn't work out. Oh okay. Um, how long are you gonna? How long do you travel? How, how often are? How long are you far? How long are you away for at a time usually? I've been in Dublin for 24 hours because I have two shows at Governors on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the other thing is that I I touch the Blarney Stone. I'm an, I'm an odd workaholic. I'm an odd yeah. workaholic where I will. So even for my regular job, which we've talked off air, I'm not going to talk about. Yes. I travel seventy percent of the year for that job. Wow. So I will have. Scenarios. That's why you don't own a dog. Yeah, that's on. That's on. That's why I am. A, that's why I feel and look like shit. Um, but <laughs> you look good. Don't no, lie. I'm, Come on, you look I'm, good. No, I'm, I'm winded good. sitting here. I um. But like for example, like I left September 9th, I got home September twenty seventh. In that range, I did mm-hmm. comedy wrestling in my regular job. Mm-hmm. I wasn't home. I didn't touch my bed. I was home for that weekend, and then I went back and forth to Texas, and I went to California, and I did all these things. Wow! And it was just like I didn't. I wasn't home for uh, frequent two flyer months. miles. Yeah, I'm gold stars and Delta. Oh, like, there you yeah, go. So like I mean, George Clooney and up in the air. Yeah, it's like me. We're big shots. Um, I'm trying to get platinum. I won't this year, but maybe in a few years. Um, <laughs> I, I wish you luck with that. Thank you. It's a goal. Of mine. Are you going to hit a comedy club while you're in London? You'll be in London for like maybe um, two or three my days. My friend of mine is a guy named Jim Smallman, who's the promoter of Progress. He's a comedian in <laughs> in London. Okay. So there is a chance I'm going to do a show. I'm going to beg to be on a show there. I fully expect to bomb, for the record, because I don't. I mean, like, how do I talk about like, Kentucky to a bunch of Londoners without being? I don't being, know, like, man. I think it's, it's, there's a way to work it in, right? There yeah. always is. But you know, like, it's you in that back of your head, you like the defeatist mentality of like, this is never gonna fucking work. Well, I mean, I tell you, man. I mean, I mean, you know, I saw Eddie Izzard come over here uh, back before anyone knew who Eddie Izzard was, and he kid destroyed. You know, I saw him at this little theater at the West Beth, and I just, I, I was like, man, that guy's hysterical. So you can be English people; they could work here. You Eddie know, Izzard did his set in five yeah. different languages, man. Yeah. Like I really can't compete. Oh uh, well, yeah, he's, he's hard to compete. Yeah, with. He's yeah, a, he's a he's a winner. Um, yeah. I uh, no, but like you know, I want to do it. I want to do it, but I also like. I can go back and do it if I can do so I have like these goals in my head and like for I've been um I wrestled for a bunch of large companies uh, I've never done extra work for World Wrestling Entertainment and that's weird what does that mean extra work so you you are a security guard in a sketch or a oh, bit, right? oh okay so you have these things and I know that so for the record that's it's really fucking stupid right like it's very much like a, I want to be a background actor in like a movie like 
it's like a weird thing that people are like, I have to do it once. Yeah. This is on my I have to do it once list. Okay. Um, what are the what are the odds? I mean, I don't know how I don't know how it works exactly. How you become a a WWE wrestler? Uh, is there any chance? Of zero. That? <laughs> okay. 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 I just no. Want to know. Uh, so I've know. I've helped train wrestlers around WWE. I've okay. been um. I was on a reality show for WWE called Holy Foley, where I trained Mick Foley's daughter. Mick Foley's a, a legend. I know who Mick yeah. Foley is. So his, I trained his daughter. The mankind, right? Yeah. yeah. So I trained his daughter for Love a TV show. Yeah. Um, so there's a, I have like run. Connections. I've like touched base and ran away, like that type of things. There you go. But I've never, I've, I've never been on Monday Night Raw or mm-hmm. SmackDown uh, just as a person in the background. Like, yeah. And I know it's like, believe me when I say it's really dumb. But it's like, oh, you know what? I want to do that once. And it's like, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Like, it's a goal. I would like to do it. Germany's on that list. That's on the list. Um, I have a, uh, my tag partner, I want to wrestle in what's called a hardcore match where we have weapons and plunder and stuff. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, Because uh, it's like, why not? Like, it's like, you know, so um, that might happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't say anything yet, but it might happen. Okay. I know that maybe in this podcast people okay. are going to listen to my wrestling. I am maybe of the seventeen people that hear this podcast are going to really be well. Gonna break it, it, if break it, it breaks out and somebody goes, because yeah, I'm going to tweet it when it gets mentioned. And, oh heck yeah! Yeah, and then you're going to have thirteen people. Yes. It's going to be. Um, but what, no, like what? yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. Yeah, man. You're probably get a radio a, a sponsorship. Mm, out of I'm a huge one. Yeah, 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 yeah. ProWrestlingThese.com. Oh, absolutely, man. Knee pads. Yeah. Oh, knee pads. Knee pads by Broman. Yeah, Ace. So. Ace and... Uh, Ace what's, knee what's pads. The other, what's the other... What's the one? Um, shit. AMAs. AMAs is the high spots yeah. knee pad. And uh, I have to say that because they, they pay yeah, me. So I have to use oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Uh, no, I just do some videos. For don't, be, don't, be, yeah. uh, don't be stupid. Protect your knees. Yeah, absolutely. Especially AMAs. when you drive them into someone's chin. Yeah, always. Um, you got to load the pads, right? Don't they, don't they do that? Do they still fake? Like I remember when the Iron Sheik used to pretend to load his shoes by kicking his his styrofoam shoes on the floor to pretend to load them with something. To well, to be kick, fair, kick they're, the they're leather. They're not styrofoam okay, shoes. I don't know. <laughs> they're leather. Um, okay. I my favorite the is the no gimmick gimmick. We used to call it the no gimmick gimmick. It's yeah. when you you ever see a reach or wrestler reach into his pants, yeah. pull out something, punch something in the face, and put it back in. Yeah. So my favorite thing we used to do, and I've done it on indie shows, is when you reach in and you literally pull out nothing, yeah. but you just hold it like you have something. Yeah. You punch and then you put the invisible nothing back in and then you pin somebody and you get the three count. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's like, oh my god, would you hit him with an illegal object? Well, no, I just punched him in the head. Yeah. But uh, you don't know that. You think I got something? I had oh. a roll of quarters in my tights. And, it's all about showmanship, yeah. man. So if, and if you can like if you it's again that magician's trick of just being like oh, I yeah. have something in this hand mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit him and now I'm gonna put that something back in and it's mm-hmm. like what I don't have anything and I bet you that I bet, I bet you that half the people in the audience would swear they saw something yeah no we had like hand. a roll of quarters it's, yeah no, I like, saw it man tape. yeah yeah I saw it man uh, a lot of times brass knuckles if you see him wrestling brass knuckles all yeah. this is um it's uh tape it's yeah. wrestling tape but it's wrapped around. A lot of times. Oh, okay. So you just have like a little disc. So you hold that little thing, yeah. and punch somebody, you put it back in your pocket. Did you ever cut yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's a razor. Yeah. Red. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the. I, saw, I remember I saw a thing on a Jimmy Fly Snoopy. He used to do it all yeah. the time. And his head would look like a roadmap. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Abdul yeah. the Butcher could like, used to be able to tap his head and bleed. start bleeding. Same thing yeah, with uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Oh, man. I love Dusty Rhodes. I've done it uh, in my hairline because I just... Um, sure. I didn't... I don't want to scar my forehead. I don't blame you. You're very yeah. pretty. Yeah. You don't look That's like a, a wrestler. Stretch. You're a very, very pretty man. That's a stretch. Um, you lost, you've already lost an ear. <laughs> yeah, I've already had my, I've already had my Mick Foley moment, yes. but... Yeah, we've referenced art, and you've lost an ear. It's like it's like this is like a this is like a Van Gogh uh, moment here. Yeah, so um, uh, so all right, man. Uh, I how about comedy? You you have any goals in comedy? Or are you just gonna? Yeah, I mean, to... I, uh, there's a lot. So I want to be my so same thing with wrestling is I had like these small goals, and when I hit those goals, I make a new goal. Sure. So right now, my first goal in comedy is to be flown somewhere for a show. That's it. There you go. It's a step, right? That is. A then big that step. next step goes. Well, then what? And it's like, well, now I want to, um, I want to spend a week on, I, just, I, right. I want to have one week shows. And right? So everyone's coming every night to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, I want to, for me, so any comedian's going to like frown at this, but I don't care. I want to do one cruise ship because I fucking have to. All right. Because it's a free vacation. And that's what people miss about all of this is like, you know, one of the things that wrestling is you lo- I lost the idea of being like. Wait, I'm in fucking middle of nowhere. Like I'm, I'm in like for me, it's like uh, like I was in New Orleans for WrestleMania this year. It's like I'm in New Orleans. Like enjoy New Orleans. Don't yeah. just don't just go do your show and go home. That's so stupid. Like yeah. 
so you want to like go and enjoy yourself. So a me, beignet, I, you know. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to yeah. go to. I want to see people dying on Bourbon Street. Exactly. I want to see these things. Um, but for me, it's I want to do a cruise ship because then it's like I'm on a cruise ship. Now I might hate it. Doesn't matter. I gotta do it. That's um, true. You know, I want to. I want to be on TV for something and mm-hmm. because of comedy, not because mm-hmm. of wrestling, right? And so not because you committed a crime, and it's like you're, yeah, we, like America's Most Wanted. I want to be on yeah. Live PD. Also, I want to be uh, just a regular. I want to be a recurring character on Live PD. <laughs> it's like, oh, here he is again, and just cranky Dan, just chasing down old ladies. Cranky Dan. Yeah. Oh uh, man. But yeah, no, there's a couple. I mean, you know, I want to headline once, but I'm that's a distance away. I want to yeah. like, I have my. I have my little list, and uh, you know, hopefully, I chip away. Any through. shows coming up that you want to plug? Remember, this won't be up for probably like two weeks. Anything coming up uh, that people come see you ah, in? Fuck or, if I just, know. or how about uh, how about looking you up online? A website? Something sure, like you that? can go to thedanbarry.com. You can follow me on Twitter at thedanbarry. You can follow me on Instagram thedanbarry. Everything's thedanbarry. Um, mm-hmm. I have a wrestling. I have a T-shirt site where you can buy T-shirts from of me and of my tag partner and of other things. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Team Tremendous. Um, yeah, I mean, That's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of random. Right. Oh, High Spots Wrestling Network, best $9.99 pro wrestling. Uh, you can watch my videos there. Uh, interviews with Josh Barnett, former MMA fighter. Who, yeah. Uh, a lot of cool dudes, a lot of cool people, a lot of cool girls. Everyone's on there. So Very cool. Stuff. Yeah. Well, Dan Barry, thank you so much for being on Comics Off Mike, hey, man. No it was a real pleasure. No, man. this was fun. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome, man. All right, this is where I pretend to turn off the sound, but we're still kind of talking a little bit to get uh-huh. something funny out there. Good, I'm gonna fucking drink. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh. Thanks for listening to this episode of Comics Off Mike. Stay tuned next time when I speak to comedian Mike Calcagno. He's uh, funny. All right, take care and happy holidays.